I'm Claire from Mental Health Chats. Welcome, welcome to my channel. My aim with Mental Health Chats is to get the word out there about mental health, because if we get the word out there, we're gonna save lives. If we open up conversations, we're going to save lives. So every Friday at 8 a.m., I've got a new Mental Health Chat. And what I'm doing is I've got a series of different topics. So for three weeks, I've got different guests on that topic. Then on the fourth week, my friend from Australia, Benny, comes on and he tells us about all the interesting facts and statistics. So if you like what you see, hit on that subscribe button, then tick the bell icon and you'll get notification every Friday morning for that mental health chat. Please make lots of comments as well. I'd love to hear from where you are around the world. We've got guests from all around the world. So let's hear from where you are around the world and your thoughts on that topic. Thank you for joining us and thank you for subscribing to Mental Health Chats. Hello, I'm Claire Davis for Mental Health Chats. And today I feel very privileged to have Tony Phipps with us, who is a formal Royal Marine. Hello, Tony, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you, yourself? I'm well, thank you, Tony. And Tony is going to talk about that topic that everybody finds difficult to talk about, which is suicide. Um, and I believe that we need to bring up the topic of suicide and we need to start talking openly about suicide because the suicide rate in the UK is 15 suicides a day and in Australia it's nine suicides a day. However, a lot of suicides are not actually recorded as suicides because of the stigma behind it. So Tony, could you just tell us a little bit about your story in the Marines? Yeah, so uh, my first experience of, of suicide is when one of my own uh, Royal Marines uh, under, under my command uh, took, took his own life. Mm -hmm. uh, and it knocked me for six because I didn't I didn't see it coming. Yeah, uh, and I tended to beat myself up about it in not being able to see the signs to uh, to help the guy and and, and intervene. Yeah, so, understandable. So when you say you beat yourself up, what what thoughts were going through your head at the time? What were you thinking? Well, it was it was a lot of self reflection going back over over the day over that weekend uh, of training that we did to see if I'd missed any signs uh, that he was, he was in, a, in a bad place or equally, uh, was there any other kind of contributing factor like bullying or was he having problems at home or in a relationship? Uh, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't identify one uh, single really? factor. So would you say that he seemed depressed or would you say that he seemed, you know, you noticed anything about the situation? No, he, he, he was what you call a, a grey man. He, he was a quiet, polite guy, uh, which makes even more uh, difficult to understand. Uh, even for the future, um, you can almost say, OK, this is what happened. This is how it played out in the future. I'll know to look out for A, B or C, but it, it, it wasn't the case. Didn't, yeah. didn't have a clue. Right. So in the Royal Marines, um, we've had a conversation before about this, Tony, and you actually mentioned, and do correct me if I haven't got quite the facts here, yeah. but there are more people in the Marines who take their own lives than are actually killed on the front line in Afghanistan and the Falklands. Is that correct? Yeah, so 
in the Falklands uh, back in 1992, there's been more uh, servicemen that have, that have committed suicide than were actually killed in combat. Uh, yeah. And I, I personally know more people from Afghanistan uh, that have taken their lives uh, than were killed in action. And to date, as of the 1st of January, uh, I think 38 uh, service personnel have committed suicide th this year. Really? And, and, that's, and that's with a support structure in, in, in place. Right, that's very, very interesting. So you said this was, a, you've given us the story of the first person who yeah. you were re responsible for. Yeah. Um, so have you had many other people um, that were in your area in the Marines who did? We, uh, uh, there's, there's been other, other uh, people that I know that have taken their lives actually during service or often um, lo long time after. Uh, really? And that's due to, uh, I think, things sort of like bubbling up from the past that they've, um, that they've kept down. Uh, many, and I, I speak for myself, compartmentalising. Uh, some of the stuff yeah. you see on operations, you put away in a box uh, in the back of your mind to deal with later because a job needs to be done. Uh, yeah. And sometimes um, it just bubbles to the surface. Uh, and for, for, for me, uh, felt like it was consuming me. So can you tell me, Tony, um, for families who have to deal with a suicide that has occurred in their family or friends, close friends, what advice would you give them? What, you know, they, a lot of people that I know are saying, why didn't I see the signs? Why didn't I notice? Why, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I say this? What, 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 what advice would you give them? It's, 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 a, it's a difficult one. It's all about a support structure for those ones that are grieving because the families want an answer. They, 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 it's black and white. Why did he do this? They didn't see it coming. So something must have been going on un, underhanded. Um, so I think it's, it's the resistance to acceptance that it was suicide and some people commit suicide. Uh, and it's always the resistance to acceptance that causes, causes, causes the pain. So it's about having a support structure so they can feel that gr grief in, in, a safe in, a, in a safe space. And do you, do you believe, Tony, that people can spot the signs? Can, can see? From, from my experience, um, I, I think it's very difficult. And from, from what I saw and from what I've been told previously, when someone decides to take their life, their mood actually in, improves because oh. when they make that decision, it's a solution to, to, to their problem. And when yeah. you've got a solution, you, you can invariably, uh, your mood picks up. So you're even less likely to see the signs. Mm, that's really, really interesting advice, actually. And for, for us who are still left here, yeah. we often feel that guilt. Why didn't I do something? Why didn't I say something? And it's yeah. a case of people can hide things. I know myself when I've had down days, when I've been at work, I've hidden it. I've covered it yeah. up. Yeah. You say that's the same or? Yeah, and, 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 and that's why um, all, you, all I feel I can do is encourage guys to share. Yeah. To share, what, share what's going on, but better out than in. I often say, you know I mean? Life's pressures can be like a, like a beach ball that you push underwater. The further you push it down, the more pressure, and, and it, just, it just spring up and leak out in, in, in different ways. So by talking about stuff, it, it can act like a pressure release valve. So you don't get to that point of 
of, of despair. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely. So, um, Tony, um, you've given us quite a lot of advice there, which is fantastic. So it's encouraging people to share. It's also making sure people understand that they are, you know, it, they're not, they shouldn't feel guilty it's happened to somebody who's close. Yeah. I, I'm just intrigued because you keep saying the guys. So are there, there any women that you were dealing with as well, or is it mainly uh, men? It's, it, it, it's predominantly male. Royal Marines uh, are open to women too, but um, I think the environment of, of Afghanistan was was that that traumatizing. It was almost different to so many other operations. Uh, yeah. and I think what the guys were exposed to, uh, a lot of them were not prepared. Were not prepared for. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The level, the level of trauma um, is therefore so much greater. Yeah, that's understandable. And can do you mind telling us a bit more about your story because you've got the other side of your story as well that I think. Yeah, so, so I, I I was in Afghanistan in two thousand and five, uh, and that was quite a, a, a quite a uh, quite a, a kinetic uh, fighting uh, tour right down on the Pakistan border. So it was like six months uh, of fighting down on the front line, split between the front line and being in the city, uh, patrolling the city. And when you was in the city, you were patrolling uh, in amongst suicide bombers, uh, knowing that they were in town and having to still be on, on, the, uh, on the streets. Um, and as, as a commander, um, you've got to lead by, by the front, no matter what's going on internally. Um, and like I said before, uh, a lot of things that I did, a lot of things that I saw, uh, I compartmentalized to enable me to, to get through it. And yeah. even, even when I come back to the UK uh, and went through what's called de decompression, um, those things still stayed locked, locked away. Um, yeah. and, and I suppose a, a part of me wanted to deal with it, the subconscious saying, you know, you really need to look at this. But it felt like there was a, a, a guard stood on the front of that memory saying, you don't want to go looking in that dark corner, uh, leave it well alone. Um, and, and, and I, and, and my life started to to fall apart. Did it really? Yeah, ma marriage, marriage first. Uh, overnight, I had a business uh, that started to suffer, um, and it was difficult because in the Royal Marines, everything's about success. Don't fail at this. Don't fail at that. So when you start to experience failure, it, it, it impacted on me um, more because I wasn't used to failure. And so, if you could share with us did that actually affect you did you ever think of taking your own life or it, it, it got to the point where it built up so much i i i also then decided that that was the answer and it almost it almost took me back to oh my god the guy that took his life i i feel like i know how he how he felt mm. it wasn't despair it wasn't like i i need to reach out for help it was that that is that is the solution, and I, and it had a sense of calmness over me that I was I was content to, to do that. Mm. Without the other side of me that should have been thinking, you've got a, you've got a, you've got a, a wife at home, you've got two sons, you've got a, you've got you've got sisters. How how selfish would that be? It was it was all that was like pushed to one side. Right. Okay. And so you're obviously still with us. But what happened? Well, like with someone spotted that something wasn't right that i wasn't sort of like reaching uh reaching down and 
and expressing the pain uh, through what I'd seen. So I talked about some of the events that I'd done and seen, but had no emotion attached to it. And someone said, how can you be talking about that with any emotion attached? Uh, and I suppose I was in denial to where I was uh, in regards to my pain. Uh, and the woman that, that could help everyone that was on, on, the, on the retreat uh, said to me, I, I can't help you. And it, and it really knocked me for six because I really looked up to her as someone that could, could, could look uh, and help everyone out. Mm. Uh, and it was a switch. It was a switch that, that caused me to raise my hand um, and say, I'm going to take my own life. And, and you know what? I, 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 I had no hesitation in saying it. But before that, I had no intention of telling anyone. So it was like a, a switch, a trigger to get me to, to acknowledge what I was going to do. That, that's so interesting because my belief is, and I'm not a psychologist, but my belief is that there is, a, for any mental health illness, there is yeah. that switch, that switch of that button. So yeah. even people with eating disorders, alcoholism, any sort of addictions, I feel there's that switch that means I'm going to stop this now. Yeah. So is that, is that actually what you experienced? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was quite surreal because when I then I, when I flew home because I did the retreat in in uh, Holland, I sort of like reflected over the last few years prior to that and the build up to me preparing to take my life, and I said to myself, "What what what advice would I give to myself now if if I was going to do that again?" And it was a case of I would tell myself, "You need to look at." every single option intervention seek every piece of help you can get before doing what you're going to do you need to exhaust every single avenue because like life is so precious and you've given yourself a death sentence through choice but everyone around you you're given a a um a life sentence of, of guilt and worry that's Thank you for that advice. That's really, really fantastic advice. And I think something that has really hit me here, and it's something I say to um, a lot of people um, when I'm training mental health first aid is that we can't, we can't fix the problem for you. Yeah. I want to come and give you a hug, Tony. Um, I know that you're just down the road, actually. Yeah, I know, no, it's good. It's quite cathartic. To, 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 it's very cathartic to talk this through because, yeah. yeah, I feel in a privileged position to be on both sides and almost look at it from the outside in now. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, w the people around you can't fix it for you. So we need to somehow work out how can we support people who are in this situation yeah. so that they can fix their own emotional illness. It's yeah. an emotional illness. And what I call it, and I've called it so many times, is emotional fitness. Yes. We all yeah. need to be working on our emotional fitness. And it sounds yeah. now, Tony, as you you are working on your emotional fitness continuously. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 so the moment I put my hand up and said I was going to take my own life was the moment that I took responsibility for my own, my own mental health. Good. And we, we all need to take responsibility yes. for yeah. our own health. And that's one of the aims of these chats is to help people take responsibility and understand that and start talking. Yeah. Talking is one of the best 
needs of helping us with Definitely. our mental health. Definitely. Definitely. You just said talking was cathartic. So yes, thank yes. you so much for sharing your story. No, um, the advice you've given us is so much from both sides. Yeah. So those people who've had somebody who have attempted to take their own lives, we can't sometimes spot the signs. No. That guilt. And also people are in, the other advice is that if we're in that position, get as much advice and help as we can. Yeah, and, and, and like I've said before, we, we are here, you and I are here for a reason, and the chances of us being on this earth today is the equivalent of two million people standing in a long line with a trillion-sided dice, all throwing that dice, and all landing on exactly the same number. Yeah. So why, why, why would I, why would anyone throw that, throw that away? We're here for a reason. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for ending on that. That's lovely. So we are going to continue with the topic of suicide. And I'm going to read this out because it's a long introduction for our next lady. Um, the next lady that I will be talking to and having a chat to is a lady called Sumo Renan. And she is an emergency care assistant on the 999 ambulances. And before that, she was an emergency medical dispatcher taking 999 calls. So she's actually going to be talking about, she's had a lot of experience in what do you do if you see somebody trying to take their life? Yeah. Because she's had a lot of experience both on the phones and on the front line with that. And 999 for those people in other countries, especially Australia, we've got a lot of viewers, um, is equivalent to the 000, the emergency course. Yeah. So thank you very much, Tony, for your time. No, you. And um, I look forward to um, meeting you when we're allowed yeah. Yeah. on one of our dogs. <laughs> a stone's throw away. I can't believe we live so close. Uh -huh. We're having a chat on the phone and didn't realize. <laughs> so so looking forward to meeting you one day. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.